Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rock and Beards podcast. This is the show where we break down rock, punk, metal stuff with bands, albums, track by track, discuss them, give our thoughts and opinions. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. Joining me today is Mike Zinsiris. And we will be talking about The Offspring's Smash album. So before we get into it, we are not professionals. We say that at the beginning because it needs to be said. We are folk. We just like talking about music and shit. We do these reviews and whatnot. And it's about just whatever strikes us, that's what we're talking about. We're not trying to be the experts. We're just trying to be the peoples. And on that note, there is a chance you might know way more about the Osprey than we do. There's a chance you may have lived with this album a lot longer. You may be 10 years older than me. You may be 14. I don't really know. But we all have different perspectives. And I'd love to hear yours in the comment section. So if you disagree with something, you love what we're saying, anything. Anything you want to say, we totally want to hear it. Make the effort to come and answer every comment that does happen to be made on this video. On that note, I love the comments like I said. So the last rock album that was talked about on the channel was Weezer's Black Album. Because, I mean, it's fucking Weezer. And, well, they're back. So with that, Mr. Lindell Williams said, In the 80s, there was a movement of sound in the British called Sophista Pop, which was created to kind of give life to the regular pop sound of, uh, that some artists was forced into by the establishment. Basically, it was a combination of sound from the artists that the newer groups at the time had growing up on with a hint of the basics of pop sounding things. Their songs that still grabbing me, even though it was pop. This is what I've been waiting for to return on the radio, but not in the way the 80s did, but in a totally new way then you list a lot of different songs and swing our sister review a quick rundown the time period of the genre of music i'm sure i think bonnie will probably uh something about her enjoy i know this is a mouthful it's probably my favorite area of radio so i just like to comment because it was informative and had a lot of stuff might not have had a lot to do about weezer but it was an interesting comment nonetheless because fuck we can't learn Unless, if you try Googling some of this shit about music history, it's just dribbling trash. So this comment section has been a great way to learn what actually happens over time through people's experiences. And I think that's super dope. Anyway, we're going to get into it shortly. Before we do, special thanks to the patrons. It's Milgan Amsey, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, Super School 1994, Linda Williams, and Chris Prado, or Carl. I think I said Chris twice. Whoops, or whatever. They all support what we do. Amazing people. We'll talk a bit about it at the end. In the meantime, why don't you reintroduce the album we're going to be talking about, Mr. Mike? Well, first of all, I just want to say I'm really excited to review this album with you, considering back in the day... I think it was me that introduced you to Offspring in the first that is, place. That is actually true. Yeah, so I'm really excited to review this with you and actually their best album to review because Smash, to me, in my personally, it's my favorite album by theirs. So I wouldn't say their best. It's my personal favorite, but it's a very fun album along the way. I'm really excited to review this. I've seen Offspring twice, both at Rockfest both performing albums um, rock fest is this montreal well near montreal festival that was pretty dope until it wasn't yeah exactly <laughs> like the, i think it's over with now i don't think there's gonna be another one this year but uh i've seen them perform two albums which were americana and Ixnay on the ombre but they still sang two songs off this album which uh are two of my favorite songs from them period so Really excited to review this. I can't wait to review everything down with you guys and explain why this is my favorite. And you'll hear definitely why each song is definitely 
what my like, what my opinion is. So like on t- outside of this album, just because it's kind of important to contextualize like how big of a fan you are in general. How much? I mean, you know, you've seen them twice, but how long have you been listening to the Offspring? Oh, since '99. So you've been like riding the Offspring wave for like this whole like tw- almost 20 years now. Well, it is 20 years now. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, because we're 2019, and actually, no, end of 98 is when I started listening to them. That's crazy. And it was, like, back with uh, Pretty Fly for a White Guy, and I decided to get Americana right away, and every there was a lot of great songs out of that album, and it made me want to, like, back on Napster and Kazaa, I actually started listening to their stuff back then. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, myself, I can't say I went back in time. But I met Mike and I go way back, so I, he introduced me to Americana, and I kind of I never really listened to Conspiracy of One because I came from a household that banned swearing, and well, it was even though Conspiracy of One basically has no swearing, um, in general. Well, there's the, uh, that of course in uh, one song. There's yeah. But, like, it's still, they had, like, a reputation, let's say, from a parental point of view. So, like, punk wasn't the most favored music ever. Whether or not you want to call it offspring punk, that's not the point. My parents called it punk. So that's what it was. Um, And then I was old enough when Splinter came out. And I don't know if I like Splinter. I really don't. I don't remember. I'd have to listen to it again now. But I remember... Not I remember just feeling like I don't know what to make of this, but I still listened to that whole album a lot. And then I basically kept up with their new albums, giving them listens. Like Rise and Fall to me is pretty fucking good. Hammer, whatever it was. Oh, right. That's Rise and Fall. It has that album. Yeah, yeah. And then there's Secrets of the Underground as the following album, which I also enjoyed, actually. Some great... One of my favorite pop songs that sounds like a pop song is uh, that like bump in the trunk from like Secret to the. It's like it's like this this fun fucking silly song like is uh huh and shit like I'm just like fucking love it, but um I know I've listened to Smash before because I went back at some point and like I played them all. But, like, I can't say I've listened to much before Ixnay. Like, I loved Ixnay. Okay. Got stuck on Ixnay for a while. I mean, the basing in this shit is fucking dope, in my opinion. And as a guy who dabbled in bass guitar, I have to give a lot of credit to how much I enjoy listening to the basing, at least not Ixnay, when I was really, like, focused on it. But. Because, yeah. like, I introduced so, to this album a different way. Like, it was actually my stepdad brought me over mm. to this guy's place. And he had a bunch of CDs, like some Jewish guy, and like he was like, I was 11, he was 16. So he found out I liked the Offspring, so he actually told me, he's like, here, why don't you listen to this one for a bit? It's their best album, in my view, Smash. And I started listening to it, and I heard Bad Habit, and uh, from then on, I just wanted to hear a bunch of other songs off of it. I mean, I know, so like for me, it's more been the singles I know. Because oh, okay. as much as I haven't listened to the albums, I got the Greatest Hits album. The black one there yeah, yeah, with yeah. Um, uh, repeat can't repeat song on it, um, and damn did I bur- I tore that shit apart. Like I like the Offspring. I know I haven't done all the due justice of listening to everything, but I would put Offspring in my top five favorite bands if I had to do it. Even from because here's the thing. Every time I listen to the Offspring, I'm left with this overwhelming feeling of I like them more than I did before. I, even if I put on Americana, it was as like we reviewed it, and it was as enjoyable to me as I remembered it being. 
that doesn't happen a lot with the nostalgia factor. Yeah, I agree. I know that when I get to Conspiracy of One, which I still haven't listened to, they have Redman on that fucking album. Yeah, with uh, with original pranksters. They have fucking Redman on that album. Well, he says a couple of words. Doesn't say much. Doesn't matter. They got Redman on that shit. Anyway, like honestly, they seem so fucking chill and legit. Um, and let's be real, self esteem. As a geeky little white kid like me, that is the anthem, dog. That got me through that so is, much shit. If I was just saying to Bonnie, uh, if I happened to be on an island and I had to pick 100 songs for life, and that's it, self-esteem might actually make that list of, I'm saying out of all music history, I think self-esteem is in the top 100 songs of all time in my books. Yeah. That's why I'm not bringing, breaking down too much on it now because of, I'm going to save that just, for the actual review of the song. But like, that song got me through so much shit, especially like... I'd say from 13 years old, there were some years where it didn't really, where it didn't apply. But then up until 2015 is when it really had like a right. huge thing in my heart. And I think it's crazy. Anyway, we'll get to that song when it yeah. comes because it is on this But I will album. say this is one of the few albums where I can play on shuffle from start to repeat. I don't need to skip a single song. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm excited because so often I'm reviewing uh, rap music that I've never heard before. So going to... I guess Offspring, who at least I'm familiar with the band, and for me this is like, for the most part, hearing a bunch of new songs that all the Offspring, fan, all the Offspring fans seem to say is the best. Anyway, we'll get into that in a second. But uh, the cover and the title, Smash, it just sounds like you're going to smash some shit. I don't know what it meant back then, but it sounds abrasive. It sounds like something's going to get fucked up, you know? I'd say also Smash in regards to Mosh Pit. And Maybe. their show's just a smash around the pit. And, and then, I've been in several pits before, and their shows, actually, I have to say, from when I saw Americana, back when they did uh, their opening song, They're Falling, there was a, the pit was throughout the entire crowd. There was no mm. place to just stay still, so. Fair enough. And then you have this yellow cover with this X-ray-ass shit going on here. And you know what I can tell you? It's maybe, like, not a pleasing design and, like, you're looking at it and you're going, this is the nicest shit ever. But who forgot that cover? No, no, everyone remembers this fucking cover because it's the yellow skeleton-y thing. In the CD buying age, that's going to attract you because you're going to walk by and you're going to be like, what the hell is that? And on top of that, it looks like it'd be a wicked fucking shirt. It looks like a wicked fucking poster. It's so... I've seen the shirt. Simplistic. It's so simple. But damn, just the use of yellow is so effective, in my opinion. And I think this is a pretty great album cover. for eye-catching. Very much so. I have a lot more to say on it. I have a lot more to say on the title. Um, I think it's time to get into it. In a sense, you could say it's uh, time to relax. <sighs> this one starts off with John Mayer. No, not famous singer John Mayer who likes butt sex. Not that John Mayer. We're talking about that guy you've never heard of, voice actor John Mayer. And the and he's here, and he's doing this uh, introduction. I think he also does the Americana introduction. I might be wrong about that. But he's done more than one introduction, and uh, he's just like, it's time to relax. You know what that means? A glass of wine, your favorite easy chair, and, of course, this compact disc. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Playing on your home stereo. Dog, his head falls. It's like this is dated. So go on and indulge yourself. That's right. Kick off your shoes, put your feet up, lean back, and enjoy the melodies. After all, music soothes even the savage beast. And his voice does get a little more vicious there. And yeah, and I think it's an interesting juxtaposition because it's loungy, it's soft. It's like 
and you know you know it's gonna be a little hectic you know it's gonna be a little smashing we could say um and it's just the opposite of that so i think it's a little comedic in a sense but also like to maybe even frame like if we want to go a little meta with it and adding maybe some new definitions to the idea of what this could be i look at it like people often don't see punk and aggressive music as relaxing right but i do like you want you put on some easy listening and i find it obnoxious and it's not fun you put on some offspring and i feel like i can kick back and relax to that shit so i think the fact that they are they're right this is actually the kind of thing this album would calm me down if i was having a bad mood it would make my day better as an example so i think there's an irony to this introduction but it's also a weirdly valid statement because that's kind of what you're supposed to do with an album and shit and treat it like this cool experience so i thought that was nice maybe i'm going too fucking deep into this one on this but they gave me this to start talking about i don't know that's all i gotta say about that it was an interesting little made me think for a moment i would i mean i guess i'd play it if i hit play because it's like 23 seconds but if i never heard it again also i'm okay with that i give it a four yeah well i just say pretty much it's just giving you an opposite interpretation of the album for the basic person but in the end you've seen several movies and stuff where you just see punk fans sitting down on their bed with the headphones on they're not just jumping around they're just going yeah. Listening to the music. So in the end, it is true. But it actually makes me think. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Detroit Rock City, but nah. in the beginning, you see a woman g- going up, grabbing a record, and it's taking place in 77, but the movie actually came out after this song came out. So I think it influenced the movie because the woman's getting her record, she's putting it down, she's laying down in her easy chair with a glass of wine, and she's about to take a sip, but then it's Kiss. And the wine just blows up on her face. So I think this actually is a interpretation for the movie. But I just feel that this song is just giving you a opposite interpretation for the basic fan. For the actual fan of it, it's giving you the real implication of what to do. Because you can just sit back, relax, enjoy this album. And like I said, this is when you can hear to start to finish, setting you up for it. So I give this a four. Yeah. It's a proper intro that adequately does its job while not, in my opinion, being anything significant. And that's fine. Maybe that comment section's going to explode with that nitro in parentheses youth energy. Mike, how do you feel about nitro youth energy? I feel this is a good song to start off the album just to let you know the pace of it because this sounds like a like a lot of the offspring style songs this is giving you just a style let you know how they are letting you know it's a little more punkish and i think it's actually setting the setting the the tone of the album what you have to look forward to i think that's what this track was made for um the title i don't feel i just feel like pretty much um goes with like the chorus and everything pretty much just pretty much setting that just explaining that pretty much all right um i mean first of all the drums is ridiculous it comes in with a fast i can't do it properly but it's really fast constant like punky ass drumming and i really like it and then the guitars kick in and then uh dexter holland the only guy whose name i know and then there's noodles the the guitarist yeah so i do know noodles too um our generation sees the world not the same as before we might as well just throw it all and live like there's no tomorrow and i heard that and i said no wonder the planet's fucked I know it sounds crazy, but I heard that and I'm like, because they're, in my opinion, and I'm not shitting on the offspring for influencing this. I'm saying the offspring is playing that role of kind of observing here, right? 
they're looking around uh, and you got to keep in mind like we are the kids as these guys are the young adults um so they're kind of commenting on how everyone thinks so vapid and now i know those 45 year olds and they still act like this right they still act like there's no fucking point in trying there's no accountability and fuck it all so seeing him almost trying to be the voice of the generation by accurately kind of describing some shit that was infectious and we've now seen the manifestation of for 20 fucking years it's super interesting to me personally almost 30 years now i guess through 20 whatever uh but that's just such an interesting point and then there's no tomorrow there's no tomorrow are we gonna waste this life with that almost yolo mentality that you only live one shit we are the yeah that's why i was mentioning like the title goes with the chorus because of his authority with the no tomorrow thing so like nitro go fast fucking live fast and almost redefining it in that sense, die young, youth energy, you know? And it's like, why? But like, when you look at it from the second verse, it adds more of a context. We're the ones who are living under the gun every day. I mean, it's still kind of happening, you know? You might be gone before you know, so live like there's no tomorrow. Now, if you picture some of the stories, like, you know, you have Kanye West telling everyone in Chicago, they were told they're not even going to make it past 25. Like, why are you maybe going to, live with consideration of the next day it almost makes sense to take advantage of your life as it is um so you look at it and then he gets to that bridge hey believe it the official view of the world has changed live fast because if you don't take it you'll never make it and then we think about what's happened at that time in the 80s with capitalism shifting and the commodification of art and science and all this other type of shit and it really is like this selfish live for yourself and we see it everywhere now everywhere all you gotta do is talk to any independent artist in your city and they will know exactly what the fuck this song is about where everyone is about themselves trying to grind up we're all trying to do ourselves. you go to work everybody's about themselves yeah sure we play on teams and whatever but fundamentally is you first and i think that this song is kind of documenting that feeling like way back in 94 so that's fucking interesting to me right so if you understand me and if you feel the same, then you will know what nitro means. You'll live like there's no tomorrow. There's no tomorrow. Like, it's just the idea that, like, you know, everything's fucked. And then you have all these kids now who are, like, looking at this and honestly re-inheriting this same feeling because it's still kind of the same thing. I think that, I think that's what makes it kind of amazing from a lyrical perspective is how almost it applies to 2019 the same way it applied to 94 and in a sense that makes this kind of fucking 25 years timeless that's 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 incredible to me there's nothing in this while the intro is dated there's nothing in this song that's dated it still captures that same energy of, of like almost today and now with an incredible guitar legs great singing that like overall it's dope man to me this song is flawless it's a five i think it's fucking perfect I say it's a four and a half because of, like I said, like at one point I was just listening to the song, and when I started hearing "There's No Tomorrow," it made me want to get more into the actual lyric lyrics of the song, and we want to pay more attention to it. Mm. So I just give it a four and a half. That's fair. Um, the next one is "Bad Habit." I don't know if the song is a metaphor or not, but this really does sound to me like the guy is dealing with road rage. And wants to cap motherfuckers for pissing him off on the road. So he's got a bad habit. I mean, I, I feel like that's maybe the more literal interpretation of this song. But when I'm in my car, don't give me no crap. Because the slightest thing and I just might snap. That sounds like road rage. Like literally. I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe it's more about just 
being an addict or having bad habits in general and anger issues or something. But damn, that's fun. What, what, what are you thinking? All I have to say is Automatic 5. I mean, I love this fucking song. This song is just amazing in my view. I mean, I definitely feel the same views as you for Road Rage. I mean, I feel that's definitely the, the storyline of the song because it's his bad habit. But I just feel this song is like... I don't know, but when I hear this song, I'm visualing three circle pits in the crowd. Even though I've never heard this song live, I'm just visualing three circle pits in the crowd and people singing along the words because this song is pure, like, punk in regards to, like, anti-everything. Like, we're going to go fucking swear. Like, this song probably is the one offspring song with the most swearing, I think. And, um... Really? I think. I don't know if it swears. Like, like I'm, I'm hey, just looking like at the dumb lyrics. shit, goddamn motherfucker. Oh, he does. He has those, like, yeah, okay, in the yeah. bridgey parts. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what I mean. Like, even in the opening lines, there's a few cuss words, like, and... Um, that's I, fair. Yeah, I find, like, this one is pretty much just a song to play, to have fun, to listen to, like, to let your mind explore the actual scenario, but at the same time, just let loose and have fun and, like, do what you're supposed to do if you're at a show. Do what you're supposed to do if you're just listening to it. Just take this song the way that you want to, and just enjoy it because I just say this is one of the funnest offspring songs I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, like it comes in kind of slow with the guitar and it kind of builds out for a second and then it just picks up and gets fucking fast and kicks in and like fucking unloads. And like lyrically, it's not overly profound, man. It's just like here's a story about a guy who has this bad habit of getting mad in traffic and shooting motherfuckers um and it's not like over the top it's just kind of like you said fun vapid just like this fucking i'm gonna have a good time type song i guess i got a bad habit of blowing away i got a bad habit and it ain't going away and it's so vague and shit right and it's so preposterous right because it's it's like about a guy shooting shit apparently according to noodles Parents were still, like, mad, like, oh, my gosh, you're going to influence my child to pull a gun out and shoot people on the road. Because, like, you know, parents are fucking stupid when it comes down to, like, their kids knowing, having judgment. Noodles is like, well, if you did your job right parenting, then uh, perhaps your kid would know the difference between right and wrong and wouldn't pull a gun out because of my song. You know, anyway. But, like... I guess I'd take it the way you want to. But it's that's what I think is interesting, is that it's written in a kind of universal way. It takes such an extreme example of a bad habit, something that is so preposterous that nobody has, that it allows you to replace it with your actual bad habits and the actual things that might be you. Because the, while the, the verses are all over, the chorus is super vague, and it can be about anything from drugs to violence to whatever it is or that you do. your nails, even. I do bite my nails. I'm yeah, 31 years old too. and I bite my nails. Um, I like it. I'm not going to stop. But on the same time, he brings to light a serious problem in society, you know, and it's road rage. My dad used to fucking scream at motherfuckers on the road. And it's like, yo, I understand that driving is a stressful experience. I've got a license. I've driven. But, man, road rage is fucked up, man. People are so impatient and shit. Like, come on, guys. We're in cars. Let's just be chill. Listen to some... People need to listen to more fucking punk-ass shit in the fucking car. Then then they wouldn't be so mad. They'd be venting out that energy, singing along to driving around, shooting people instead of it cussing. It would mellow out. you out. Like, that's what I feel. Like, when I was, like, hearing the song, like, instead of making me feel angry about it, maybe just feeling, listening to the song is, like, 
Okay. Yeah. My energy that was going towards anger is just going into this song. Exactly. And then when you like fucking die, you're like, God damn. You know, I know that didn't sound anything like it. I know. <laughs> but like you get into it, you're fucking head banging and shit. Yeah. And when you're done, you've expanded energy and you're just a little bit more tired and a little bit more calm. Especially if you're a little bit old and you don't do that shit as much anymore. <laughs> anyway, I like this song a lot. It's not my favorite on this album. It does have a great fucking energy. I actually wrote, I like the energy on this a lot. Dot fun. Dot. <laughs> that was my, I don't write a lot of notes. Um, but yo, just like the fast drums, the crazy feel to it, everything about it. Like it's a good time song. And I give it a four and a half on five because it's a fucking good time. Yeah, I'm sticking with my five. It's actually one of my favorite Offspring songs ever. So I guess we'll just keep it moving. That's fine. They might be going, fuck these guys. X, I gotta get away. This is one of those songs that, like, you can't avoid it. It's more than just, it's it's everywhere, like, in terms of Offspring Land. Like, I think it was a single. I don't know if it was. I can't remember, actually. Oh, it says it right here on Genius. It was one of the singles. I know I've seen the music video. Don't even ask me which one it is. I saw it way back. And I know the chorus. Sitting on a bed or lying wide awake. But now I know the words to the chorus. And that's what happened to me. I didn't know what this song was about. It was like, like it's one of those songs where like that's how you remember it. And it's a great melody. And that that like drum patterns, that kind of feel to it. The 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 bass that is just so I would say like that bass line is definitely a core sound of that is just classic sounding to me that simple but has a few changes in it like it, it's just great i didn't know this song was about paranoia i just i didn't know i didn't know the words but now i'm like oh okay that's what he's got to get away from like getting edgy all the time someone around me just a step behind it's kind of scary the shape i'm in walls are shaking and they're closing in i'm like it's like straight up cliche paranoia lyrics I don't know if it's like cliche because it's 94 and like maybe they created the cliche or if other people had like done this and they're involved. Like, I don't know the history of this music enough. I know that if I were to consider these lyrics in the hindsight of 2019, it's pretty cliche shit, but in the best possible way, right? Like I'm not insulting this. It's just that was my takeaway. Like, too fast or a bit too slow. Paranoid of people and it's starting to show. One guy that I can't shake over my shoulder is a big mistake. That is eight fucking lines about feeling like someone's over your shoulder watching you and shit. And then, you know, sitting on a bed or lying wide awake. There's demons in my head and it's more than I can take. I think I'm on a roll, but I think it's kind of weak. Saying all I know is I got to get away from me. And as much as I'm calling it cliche, it's also kind of really relatable. If you've ever had any kind of anxiety or you ever have some trouble dealing with it, man, there are days where I'm in the fucking bus or whatever and I'm like, got my hood fucking on like this, fucking hiding from people and shit. And I'm like, yo, don't even look at me and stuff. And like, I kind of really related to it. And I'm like, it's not over the top. It's not like profoundly poetic, but it's really relatable shit with really catchy melodies and a really like fun overall construction of the song. And I was like, damn, Offspring, you you spit real truth. And that's what I got to say about Dexter. It's like you can tell that these are honest lyrics, right? Like these are not, he's not pandering. I know I said it's cliche, but I don't feel like it's pandery cliche. It's just, unfortunately, he's hitting it so on the nail that it comes off cliche because he's really just writing about 
that feeling of like you can't escape it of something chasing you or following you around and you just you hate your friends because it's like you fucking want to hide from the world and you know all of this shit and you like it's just your shadow creeping on the ground following you and whatnot i think it's fucking cool i think the chorus is great i think overall it's it's a really fun enjoyable not like fun in the same kind of way as the last one but fun in the sense that i mean it's i like i think punk music is fun like it just is really fun to listen to for me but it's got some power and meaning to the lyrics while also being excellently delivered and just overall a great song so i'm giving this one another four and a half on five yeah i'm gonna give this the same four and a half on five but i take it a different way i find it's fun but i find this one just to mellow you down a bit from the last track just to like not just like just to change the pace for a bit and I find it's a really good song, and I find that this is one of those songs that, if you hear live, it's one of those ones that you could definitely hear a lot of people singing along to. And I find it's like just one of those songs just to like, you know, sing with, and like, just like you'll definitely, if you hear this song like when you're walking around and you know it, you'll probably be like melting it off if you have your headphones on and stuff. And I feel this is a really good song. It's, uh, I find it's a lot like pretty much a style of. It's just a punk song, I find, in a way. And I don't mean just a punk song. I just find, like, it's a punk song, and it's just trying to be on the tone of what punk is in that era. Uh, yeah, and I like the fact that there is that tempo shift slowing it down, because if it had just been, like, super fast the whole way, I'm certain some people would have dug that shit, but I find it important on an album to showcase your versatility, and I think this was a very crucial moment on the album to do that, and they did it really at a great time with their third song. Also... There is a habit at this time where your third song is a single, and you'll because like the intro doesn't count, but you'll notice it a lot of the times. Your third song is a single. So yeah. anyway, just something food for thought. Um, yeah, anything more on this one? Um, well, like you said, in regards to like how it was, it's it's a song that's needed on an album pretty much. Yeah, because it's one that's you do need to change the pace and slow it down for a bit, and I find that they chose a great song to use that for. But then. I do feel, and this might be an ironic sentence, but they picked that shit right up with the genocide. My gosh, my head's still <laughs> bopping because we listen to little clips between. Yeah. But like, ah, oh, this is this is it, man. Like the energy is just, it's just fucking stellar, man. One, like, two, three, four. <laughs> dog every day. And like, if we talk about like the message of this song. It's honestly like this capitalistic, selfish pursuit that has plagued our society, which we've already touched on even just discussing this project, which honestly is more prevalent today ever than it's been. Like this problem got worse that he's describing, not better. And it's like that. I just I have to say it. It's really like incredible to see how apt um, when you like look at 94 and you, you come across an album that's maybe describing like 2019 societal problems is i guess to me an incredible thing maybe not a positively incredible thing but it's an incredible thing that so much of this was just like the prevalent issues that our parents who are now being a bunch of fucking assholes cared about fucking hypocrites anyway what do you think about this one i feel the song is a fun political song it's a song that you could pretty much jam to but it's still getting on the political punk terms as well of what's going on. As, as you're saying, problem getting worse. It's becoming more of a doggy dog world and stuff. And I just feel, but 
the tone of the song is just fun. Like you said, this is one that you're really jamming to. Like you can't hold back in this song. Like it's this is a song that just pretty much wants you to just let it out. And I actually have to give this a five on five. It's absolutely a five. Yeah. I'm not even done talking here. Like listen, like I have to give it credit because like I find it such a shame through the pain I see things as they are. I mean just the fact that He's saying such a self-aware line there, right? Like so many of us today uh, hide from the pain of reality. We pretend that the world is not a fucked up and dark place. And the more you are honest with yourself about the state of the world, it's painful. And there's so many fucking crazy shits that happen almost daily that we numb ourselves and we don't embrace it. But if you learn how to see through the pain, you can start to understand things as they are. So just to see like, Look, in light of the fact that everything's terrible, doggy dog, every day on our fellow man we pray, doggy dog to get by, hope you like my genocide. This idea that a selfish, compulsive, me first attitude is almost like a genocide of our culture and society is not like it's incredible. And then in light of that, to still spit truth, I mean, that's the most hip hop shit you can do, no? Tell me this, yeah. in a sense, doesn't fit, like, that spirit of what, like, the 90s gangster rap is fucking doing, you know? Yeah, because 94 is around that time that Pac and Biggie were still at the top of the game and also, right. like, Digital Underground and shit. So, like, I'm just saying from an attitude perspective, it's like calling people on what it is, you know? We're served up on a plate, pedestals high enough, and if in time we can see the errors of our ways, would anyone change if anyhow our time is up? And, well, Dexter, I know you're alive, and you may never watch this, but people didn't really change, dog. They uh, they just didn't. And it's not the youth. The youth are actually trying to change, but it turns out that the people that was buying your records and shit decided to be more like their parents than in- inspire, like, the change you were hoping for, dog. So. Conforming. But, like, yo, check it. Us younger, younger dudes, like... We, we heard your message, so maybe the real youth who just all skip school in masses for climate change and shit, maybe they are inspired and you your impact is, is dope. Either way, like, it, it's just really powerful, like, like a silver flame, like a suicide, like you're giving more. Like this vapid pointlessness, you know, and it's just powerful language and it's like... It's cool to see them just like make such a like I guess a serious because we're talking about the untak leaping clock like it's the same dudes right yeah and I can kind of understand why people who love this shit maybe didn't like a lot of Americana as much because it had such goofy fucking shit on it yeah but the thing is like based on I know we're gonna go off topic with saying this but I just feel that was needed to trying to attract the general market of yeah, pop. Let's say if Offspring wanted to be musicians for life, that was a good move. Yes. But if Offspring, like, I could, I could also just, because that was also at the era of, you're a sellout if you want to live off your music. <laughs> okay. If that's your mentality, I guess I but, guess you expect the musicians to be slaves. Like, I don't really know what you want them to do. But I find, like, this song for the album was also letting you know of what they really stand for, too. Mm. I think it's a powerful track, man. This is a five. This is an anthem that, like, yeah. I've, I've never heard it before. So for me, it was like, holy shit, this is what I love. Like, this like this is this is right up there with some of the greatest shit. Like, on the stuff with band side of things, it, it almost doesn't get better than this overall sound. Maybe not the whole album, but, like, Genocide, like, Nitro, the sound that they have, that fast-paced, crazy shit. I love it so, so very much. I don't know if I like the polished punk as much now that I get more into the raw punk, you know? Anyway, I guess you could say this album has given me something to believe in. 
I feel like this track is exploring the uh, moral decay of society and the truth and real shit in this pursuit of the disillusioned um, fantasy life that many people like to live in where like there's the truth and then there's the shit we ignore to play video games and stuff right so it's really interesting because like i found myself as a person um as i was getting into my mid-20s and shit really looking for something to believe in because yo if you where's the role models in our society like for real what do we consider a role model forbes list Say what you will. Maybe if you're into just making money as your be-all, end-all, Forbes list is a good sense of role models. But, like, where's the actual role models? Like, the people who are just trying to be, like, dope-ass motherfuckers. I know they're out there. Even little Jaden Smith recently deserves some role model love because he's uh, fixing Flint, Michigan's water. And uh, Akon brought, like, fucking electricity. Yeah, there's people. But I'm saying, like, when you're in a more superficial existence like you maybe you haven't lifted the veil from your eyes yet and you're not comfortable like looking for it there's almost nothing to believe in religion's fake science is political you know that pharmaceutical companies do this you learn all this jaded bullshit and there's just you're just kind of stuck with empty promises is all you'll find so give me something to believe in I don't know, man. This song, I feel like, again, it captures an essence of an emotion that I think so many fucking people uh, deal with, right? And, I mean, it's got that punk sound. Yeah. It's got, like, a the super fast. The offspring sound. <laughs> but, yeah, but this, like, I don't know how else to, like, it, like it's, it's, to me, like, a slightly less good version of some of the better fast punky songs. It's not quite. Of, wait, of Offspring or punk in know, general? Of, of Offspring. Oh, of, okay. Like, this album. Like, it's not quite as good as Genocide. Yeah. Like, it's just I, not, but it's also really close to being as good as Genocide. Oh, 100% agree with you. Like, do what this song makes me think about because of, you ever played the video game Crazy Taxi? Mm-hmm. Doesn't this song give you a feel of, like, your, of that game? I guess. I never thought about it. Yeah, because but... every time I hear this song, I think about I'm playing that game for some reason, even though it wasn't the album that they were using in the game, but... It was actually Inkstay that they used in the game, but the thing was, I feel that this song was, like, it makes me think about that game, like, that pace and everything, but I do agree with you, as in, it's not as good as the other, like, quick punk ones, but it's one that I think the place of it is there for a reason, also, for, considering the next two. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also, like, the message is so powerful. Like, don't get me wrong. I gave this oh. on a 4.6. I really love this. Like, if yeah. I'm comparing this to other music, it's excellent. I'm saying within the realms of this album, I don't know how to describe it. It's just slightly less good, but it's so close to it. But even, like, look at that bridge. Yeah, like, he's not saying it's a bad song in any nah, way. Nah, he's nah. just saying it's not as good, considering how good the whole album nah. is and the other yeah, songs are. because, like, I think that, honestly, in general, this is in a biased way one of my favorite sounds music can produce but like when you think about the bridge though and again consider the prophetic nature of what he's saying here where they lead you will follow well i guess that's just the way it goes and if you look away you'll be doing what they say so if you kind of go and do your job and settle for mediocrity and you play Fortnite all the time you don't give a fuck about life you're fitting into that but if you go to the other angle and if you look alive you'll be singled out and tried and if you take home anything let it be your will to think the more cynical you become the better off you'll be so it's almost like by becoming jaded and cynical and because if you try to like live proper you're going to be ostracized and then yeah. turned into this jaded cynical person where you don't even try anymore because it's not even worth it and if you look at our life 
life. It's exactly what happens to people who try to step out of the mold and be individuals. They're almost like ostracized in shape. So I think this song is brilliant conceptually. It's fucking great to listen to. It's another 4.6. It fits this album perfectly. Like it's right there in a great sweet spot. I'm going to have to give this one 4.5, but I just feel it was giving the message of give me something to believe in, like, especially considering all the fans at that point of the age group, I'd say was 16 or something in 94, or maybe even younger as well. But it was also giving us to look forward, like, yeah, give me something to believe in at that point. And I just feel it's a very good song. And I just find the it was placed there considering the other two one, the next two ones that are coming up. Yeah, and the next one is one of those mega hits. Uh, come out and play. Gotta keep them separated. This is another song that I've listened to a whole lot, and I thought it was really good and shit, but I did not know what the song was about until I really sat down and reviewed it last night. And it's about youth violence. Like, really, like, fucking straight up the trend of violence in yeah. uh, schools and youth. And... You want to talk about prophetic nature? World star! <laughs> that shit didn't go away either. Like the latest fashion, like a spreading disease. World star! And I mean, it sounds ludicrous when I say it like that, but am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right with that. But um, also, I just feel like it's true, like pretty much, and especially that line, tie your own rope. Uh, I don't, uh, yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah, because your never ending death of violence and hate is going to tie your own rope, tie your own rope, tie your own yeah. rope. And that's if you pursue down that lifestyle and that path, you're likely going to die yeah. or go to jail or have any of the other Due things. Due to your own actions. Because, like, I don't know if it's commenting on gangs per se. I mean, that, hey, man, you talking back to me, take them out. You got to keep them separated. That shit's obviously about keeping gang people yeah. separated and whatever. Hey, man, you disrespecting me, take them out. You got to keep them separated. That's some violent fucking shit. If you're under 18, you won't be doing any time. Um, hey, come out and play, which is a line of the Warriors movie. And so it's like, yo, these minors realize they can get away with some shit while they're minors and it's all good in the the hood and shit man and you know like it, it's the kids are strapping on their way to the classroom getting weapons with the greatest to ease the gangs stake out their own campus local and if they catch you slipping then it's all over pal if one guy's colors and the others don't mix they're gonna bash it up bash it up bash it up so i mean i guess this is just him seeing this gang shit really start to explode because i think he's from that area and um well california yeah so. so like he's probably seen is like just on the other side of it maybe i don't know where he comes from actually california is a huge state like, so. i just don't know exactly like his so i know he was in university at a certain point i think around when this album came out i could be wrong um or maybe i don't actually i don't have any fucking idea what his history is like i just know he went to university and uh but so i guess he's seeing all the, the gang shit and this is like his response like like this doesn't go anywhere by the time you hear the siren it's already too late one goes to the morgue and the others to jail one guy's wasted and the others a waste it's like fucking powerful shit though yeah. like all like it's it sounds so silly right the like you don't realize it it's like some pumped up kicks level of like juxtaposition because that song is just like it's so fun and you want to just dance to it and shit but really it's like an anti-violent anthem yeah. on like one of the more fun sillier sounding songs on the album whereas you have something that like genocide where you're like expecting this kind of deep messaging nah Osprey kept it real here they knew that they could get their point across with this sound by talking about it this was actually i find pop beat 
type of offspring with real lyrics. Yeah. And that's why like I enjoyed it for bo- for both lyrically and for fun because I had a good time listening to this. By the way, I'm gonna rate this automatic five on five because it's a it's, five. Dude, it's, it's my it's, it's a one, five. Yeah, it's my one of my favorite Offspring songs as well. Like every time I go to a show, if it's an album show, I know they're gonna say the, uh, playing the song at the end, and I always have an awesome time hearing it, no matter if it's live or. But still, the lyrically, like you said, like one thing I always like wonder is like. I could see a fighter for like a UFC or something coming out with this song and looking at the other guy saying, hey, come out and play. And like, I just feel like, and like you said, Warriors, a movie I absolutely love. And it's really like a song about fighting and anti, pretty much anti-violence, considering what the message is. But they go into detail with pretty much... um, like I said, especially the whole thing about death in the second verse with the tie your own rope part mm. and due to your own actions. And I feel it's just trying to tell people, hey, don't like, yeah, you won't be doing any time, but pretty much what could happen in the end. I mean, on the whole other end of the spectrum, it's hella critical with no fucking understanding of the hood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just on the other end of the spectrum. I, I it's totally in good a white attention. boy a white boy talking about gang shit <laughs> it's a little bit what it is but i don't like i don't feel like it's the worst in like you know like in that conversation point of it yeah it was just kind of like it clicked like this this kind of is what it is i'm like i've listened to a lot of rap music now i think i've reviewed well over 250 rap albums so my understanding of the hood has changed a little bit and hearing this it's like it's it's I guess a cautionary tale. Don't do it to be cool. Don't do it to because it's fun. So I imagine that to the crowd that's doing it to be cool, it's a more relevant tale. But it almost comes off like all oh, gang violence is terrible and a little bit lacking. But maybe he's saying keep them separated and just keep the gang separated to not have any violence. But I think that's again. I think that might be a little more satirical. Again, I don't think this is an ignorant song. I think it's just it can come off that way if you think about it in a top level way. Because that you got to keep them separated and shit. It's like kind of how people were approaching the problem. Like nobody wants to deal with the root issues. It's like ah, the reds and the blues don't like each other. Keep them separated. That that'll avoid any conflict. No, I know. But I'm just saying the words itself could be taken differently. Mm. As right. in, we've we've known that from music from over the years, from hearing several different people and several different reactions to it. But I just feel this is a song that wants to get the pointed across in regards to it's good music that anyone can listen to and jam onto. Whereas most people aren't paying attention to the lyrics, which is why I say it's a poppy song. But no, you're right. But I yeah. think and then they trick you into hearing the message yes. because of that. Whereas the next song is a little more blunt because. Straight to the point. Oh, fuck. I'll, it's self-esteem. I mean, what, it doesn't what, even yeah. need an introduction. I don't remember the first time I heard this, but I know that every time I hear la, 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 every time, it's like, it is, it is one of the, there's never a time that it is not a perfect moment when I hear that. It's one of those songs where, you can't skip it once it starts. No, no. It's too amazing. No. It's just, like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, this might be one of the top 100 songs of all time to me. It perfectly encapsulates being a loser with a girlfriend that takes advantage of you. But hey, bro, I'm getting laid. Right? Like, that. that's yeah. the song in a nutshell. Yeah. But, like, let's talk... Man, before we get into it, why is there random evil Knievel cuts in the music video? 
like I don't know if you've seen a music video, yeah. but it's it's as bad as early '90s rap videos for their grimy shit, but like the punk side, and then Evil Knievel and Explosions instead of well, Explosions. <laughs> like it's just fucking. The video is not my favorite. No, the video was but, pointless to the song, especially to the message of it. It was just whatever. But, like, I mean, the lyrics are pretty straightforward, and it's not really, like, it's it's not so much what the lyrics are. It's about how he's singing this shit. Like, I wrote a rock for the tent on a day. Like, he feels defeated. He, yeah. You can feel the loser in him singing it. Like, he's had moments where he's felt exactly like this. And then, I know she's playing with me, but that's okay, because I've got no self-esteem. Especially uh, the line when she sings, all that she wants, only me, that I wonder why she she sleeps sleeps with with my my friends. friends. (sighs) Like, yeah. And then, like, but then there's the chorus. And let's be real. This is a surprisingly incredible chorus. Without any words. Because, like, y'all know what it is. Oh, hey, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm saying it like that. It's trash. But, like, the fact that they can just be like, hey, yeah, yeah, and make a chorus out of that, that is really impressive to me, actually. That's amazing. And you know what? I I believe they are the the band that popularized that kind of chorus in, like, pop music and what came from pop punk later on. And I don't think there's a song that does it better than self-esteem, man. Or, like, you know, the... The this uh, the third the little bridge there where she's saying when she wants to let me wonder why she sleeps with my friends and then she's saying I'm like a disease I wonder how much more I can spend you know and, and one line that I took a lot throughout my entire life was the more you suffer yeah the more it shows you really care right yeah ha, ha. yeah but like it's just the idea I guess I should stick up for myself I really think it's better this way I've been that boyfriend. I've been that guy, especially when it's like you've been on a very cold streak for a very long time and any girl gives you attention, you're like, yes, mistress, whatever you want yeah. as you abuse me. And I'm, I'm, I'm really being melodramatic here. No, but I'm actually going to tell a quick story about this. There was actually a girl I liked back in like 2014 and she actually slept with my friend, one of my good friends. So this song really made me think about it. And I was actually, instead of just trying to pursue it, I was just trying to wait it out and trying to go for it, but never actually went for it. So the thing was, I was always, one. my friends were saying, yo, just go for it and stick up for yourself. But yeah. I really thought it was better this way. And I always thought the more you suffer, the more it shows you really care. That case did not break it down, but this song was always a song I'd go to in that point in my life. And I'm not going to lie, when I heard this song at Rockfest live for the first time, it's what the offspring closed off to. I literally was pretty much holding back tears when I was screaming out this song because so its song is so emotional, so strong. Automatic fucking five point uh, five. I would, if I could rate it higher, I would. But it's five on five, man. It's just Honestly, an amazing song. I feel like for me, this is the equivalent of watching the Notebook. This song, like it yeah. just hits me, and like, and as far as like it, I may be dumb, but I'm not a dweeb. I might be stupid, but at least I'm getting laid. I'm yeah. just a sucker with no self-esteem. Self-esteem battles has been my whole life. Only in the last couple of years have I felt like I have actual confidence like everyone says you're supposed to have. Now now everyone thinks I'm an asshole. But, but what are you saying when I really think it's better this way? He's just saying, hey, I'm getting laid and I'm enjoying it. I'm so, at, at least I get this. You yeah, know? exactly. Like It's like this or my hand. But yeah. like, but then you reach a point. Well, at least for me, I reached a point where I grew past 
that kind of self-worth where like like there was a real point where in my 20s i was convinced that my self-worth was directly correlated to the sex i was having and if i could get laid or not then i grew out of that and now i have confidence but for a long time man when i looked like all of this shit, i had no self-esteem and so this song it's like i think anybody that's gone through self-esteem issues how can you not hear this song and fucking relate to it plus it's just so unapologetically what it is the do-do-do-do-do or when she said all oh, that she wants only me and i wonder why she sleeps with my friend and, and then yeah. you just gotta go like like you just you gotta do it it's just yeah. the rules of, of self-esteem it's not is a fire but, it's brilliant yeah, but also the last verse just when you sing late at night she knocks on my door she's drunk again and looking to score i know i should say no but it's kind of hard when she's ready to go. Good double entendre. It's yeah. kind of hard. I actually yeah. never realized that until yeah. this very moment. So it's yeah. kind of hard. I always took it together. It's, oh, it's kind of hard. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and she's ready to go. So that's why you say he's not, he's, he may be dumb, but not a dweeb because he's still getting it. He's just a sucker with no self-esteem. And like you said, anyone who's actually had self-esteem issues, this song is pretty much just like, yeah, story of my life, break it down for you. And if you've overcome it, this is a good song to just realize, like, look at how, look at where you are now considering where you were back then. And the song's amazing because it yeah, doesn't ever get bad. And that's why they always seem to, every time I've seen them, whether it's on TV or live in person, they always seem to close off with like, this. Like, is this the biggest uh, Offspring song? I mean, I guess so if it's their closer. But do you guys feel like this is their biggest one? For me... Pretty would, Fly maybe as well. Pretty Fly is pop. It's a yeah. different kind of big. If you're talking about like an Offspring style song, this is I mean, who, I don't know anybody. The people who don't like punk music like this song, the rap kids like this song. Who the fuck doesn't like self-esteem? Anyway, let's let's move on because otherwise they'll be sitting there going, fuck, the, they've been just, talking. Yeah, just before, oh, before we go off any further, I could just say there's words. We, we can't describe this song with enough words. There's just too much to say about it. That's why we have to move on. That's fine. Otherwise, it'll be a long time. <laughs> Dexter, this one's for you. You said, when will the world listen to reason? You have a feeling it will be a long time. When will the truth come into season, as in become fashionable to be honest and shit? You had a feeling it'll be a long time. I really don't think you expected it to be this long of a time. But We're it hasn't happened yet. We're still waiting. I'm with you. Um, it still will be a long time the way things are going. But yeah, very uh, political in a sense where all this time has muttered away like so many days in one, back and forth, the leaders sway, backing it up with guns. I mean, yeah, that shit's happening now. Um, even if it's not happening in your neighborhood, uh, depending on your neighborhood, it could kind of be like that. You want to go protest? Watch how the police show up with guns. Super plowers flex their wings, hold the world on puppet strings. I mean, that shit hasn't changed. It's only getting worse because the superpower spectrum is changing. Egos will feed while citizens bleed. That's always the way it goes. Unfortunately, there's a lot of unfortunate truth in that sentiment. So that's that's real. I mean, like, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that rich people and politicians play with our lives and literally would let us die if it would suit their end goals. That's not a surprise. I guess the surprising part is that with all the information on the internet and all of the ability to learn more, we still 
don't have the truth coming into season and the world is still not listening to reason and you know that just by i mean look at fucking american politics these days just look at the shenanigans you hear about look at the sensationalist drivel everyone's talking about nobody gives a fuck about reason or logic or caring so when i heard this song it was like man if Tupac and Dexter was calling this shit out, I'm not, I don't mean to put them in the same quality level, but from a messaging point of view, Tupac and Dexter both called this out in 94. So I'm like, damn, man, what the fuck can we do? You know, like these legends failed. What the fuck can we do? I mean, maybe we can because these legends paved the way. I'm not trying to imply that it's pointless. I think the idea that things are pointless is bad. Well, they said it for a reason, so. Yeah, and I and I believe that they believe that things could change, and I still believe people can change, but there is a daunting feeling of, man, I mean, this song is ridiculously well done. It's fucking punky as shit. It's fucking short. I mean, they, the songs kind of get shorter as of self-esteem. Everything is basically over three minutes. Kind of like a typical punk album, though. Oh, sorry, Nitro is not, but then Bad Habit all the way through to self-esteem is over three minutes, and then basically the rest of the album is under three minutes. So I thought that was an interesting thing. So this one is shorter, but it's got such a powerful message. Um, it's pretty fucking great, man. I I really, like, I'm enthralled by it. I hear it, and I'm just motivated, and I feel really strong. I mean, unfortunately for it, it just came after two fucking perfect bangers. So it got a 4.5 on 5. It's not a perfect banger by comparison. But it is an amazing song. And honestly, the consistency on Smash delivering amazing songs on versatile topics while not being cheesy little adolescents is fucking incredible so four and a half on five yeah i'm gonna say the only reason why i'm gonna give this one a 4.75 is because the fact that it came after two awesome songs uh, it hurts and, your listening yeah it does but and also the fact that the reason why i bring down points on it too is not just that fact also the fact that it does sound also like an offspring punk style song i don't want to say typical because i would make it like basic but i just find it's a great song the only thing that brought it down was the fact that it came after two powerful songs, but I feel this one is just letting you know, like, hey, man, we need to change the way things are. And it's funny how you were saying back, like, how everything's easily accessible if you want to read about it, but back then it wasn't as easy. Right. And now it's easy to get it, but people still aren't doing it. So it's like changes are... Like, it's like how Tupac was saying he sees no changes. Dexter was actually saying the same thing in a different way, different tone towards a different audience. But the message was still there. I think that's what it was. The punk people was trying to attract one audience. The rap people was trying to attract the other audience with I it. See, I feel, like, I personally see so many similarities between the origins of those two movements. And it would be so cool to see more rappers making punk things. That's just my opinions. Yeah, but this one, I just feel like like the message, everything was good about it. It had a, a good message to it. It had a good tone to it. Like Holden and I keep saying, the only knock on this song is the fact that it came after two fucking bangers. That's it. All right. So the next one is actually a cover, and it's called Killboy Powerhead. Um, so this was originally Killboy Powerhead by the Didjits, um, who recorded the song for their album, Hornet Piñata. Never heard of it. Sounds cool, though. But I went and listened to the original version, and I feel like it sounds virtually the same, except that this time Dexter's singing it. So I, I had a question for the audience out here, and I guess Mike, uh... 
when a cover is done, do you think it should have a twist to make it different? Or do you like covers that basically adhere to the original song so, like it feels so identically almost? Well, let me answer your question on that way. And I'm a huge fan of covers. So I actually say that I prefer when covers take their own twist to it. Like, for example, Real Big Fish, they did Take On Me. They did that song and they made it a ska song. And that's what I found I liked a lot about it. So that's why I feel the song just does it in regards. It doesn't doesn't do, I should say, because it just stays like the original and has Dexter singing pretty much. So like it the makes, same tone. Same so like, beat. I feel like as a song, just to, like, it's a really fun song, you know, it describes this guy. He's got a pistol grip. He's super fucking strong sounding. He's always getting into fights. He's a kill boy powerhead. It's like a fucking fun chorus. Yeah really get all pumped up to it you know his woman she's all fucking cool and she's also super strong and shit and then the verse first first place again and it's like there's not a lot to it but fuck it sounds like a great time live to watch anybody perform this song so i think it's really cool but like i had to say like i don't know if doing punk covers like that is like a, a thing you do like i just don't know but considering how identical it was it was hard to love it quite as much like i love the song but it was hard to love what the offspring did with the song quite as much as i might have so i give it a 4.35 because i enjoyed listening to it but it was just like it just felt a little bit like eh, knowing the other one sounds exactly the same it takes a little bit away from this one but i still really enjoyed it yeah i give it 4.25 and the reason why i bringing it down is because of you know, it's just not original, and they just pretty much just made the same song. So that's the only knock I have on it, but it's still a great song. All right. Well, the next one is definitely Vim, and it is called What Happened to You? All right, Mike, how do you feel about this guy? Okay. Automatically, I'm going to give this song 5.5, one of my favorite ones on the album. Uh, just the way what, like the way I find this song is like a ska song in a way, too. And... Like, just the way they're, like, having that little beat in, like, when you're singing the actual uh, verse, switch to the chorus, and then the way he's like, what in the world happened to you? Do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> and especially the hey parts, it's, like, it's a fun song. Like, I could just see people in the crowd, like, doing a little Scott type of pitch, just then just going, hey! <laughs> right. I mean, it's fun. Like, and it's also got, like, a little bit of a mocking tone to it, because the song is... It is a is. sad song, though. Well, it's more of a... This song is to the people who go a little bit too hard on their substances and don't necessarily do it. Like some people can consume marijuana, but then there's other people where this following passage applies. Before you started talking, you used to have a brain, but now you don't even get the simplest of things. I can draw a little picture or even use my hands. I try to explain to you, but you just don't understand. And then the cook, man, you're really losing it. You've done a lot of junk now, but you keep on abusing it. What in the world happened to you? The rest of the song kind of plays out like that and it's just like you know like you don't learn your lesson you're gonna like do whatever and then i see you the next day waking up puking feeling like an asshole it's like bro man you don't even see how fucking terrible this cycle of addiction plays out in your yeah. life it's kind of pathetic you're a bit of a loser and it's hard to feel bad for you because you're not gonna change yeah because i actually took the song a different way back when i was like i'd say in a time where I was like a dark period of my life where I was really sad and depressed and like it just made me look at myself because of like the first time I heard it was just like skimming through the album and it was just like what in the world happened to you and I was like what the fuck did happen to me <laughs> like that's what I was wondering it's like why am I putting myself in so 
it's a way of like pretty much you can look at it from several different ways but the song is about addiction mainly and how it can fuck with someone's life and i feel that the song is very powerful but the Scott tone makes it positive feel at the same time. This is another good way to trick you into hearing what it actually has to say. Just like come out and play. Right. Um, and I think it's interesting, right? Because I bet a lot of people, when they think about punk music, do think about hard drugs and alcohol and a bunch of shit like that, right? And then uh, my mind on drugs is like this. Do whatever the fuck you want. But if what you do impacts you, own the consequences. Yeah. Like if you do blow... Okay, but be aware that it might make you a bit more like an asshole, and so don't be an asshole when you're on blow. Yeah. And if, but if you can't understand that, look, I'm not trying to mock addiction or don't fry criticize, your brain. but it's like you should do drugs if you understand what drugs you can do, because there's a skill to doing drugs. It's not just oh, I'm getting high. The people who treat it like that waste away. The people who responsibly do drugs can do drugs all the time and still be functional. I mean, within reason, you could end up like Marilyn Manson. Um, I mean, that guy literally said that the reason he doesn't get sick is all the drugs in his body. So I'm just—that's what I mean. Like, you could end up like him, but then again, Manson that's seems to have percentage. had a fucking interesting life. Um, I'm not trying to say I'm, I'm like—I I really understand that addiction's a real thing, but I think this is a song where it's talking to the people who need to get their shit together. And it's like a universal song also to tell everyone else that it's like it's okay to tell people that they need to get their shit together. So I thought it was really cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, not much more to say on that Where'd one. Did you read it though? Oh, did I not give my grade yet? Uh, I gave it a 4.5. Fun little yeah. ditty. Really enjoyable. The next one is really fucking short and it kind of makes you feel so alone. It's kind of a shame we didn't have a chance to do Americana together considering <laughs> the history of that album between us. <laughs> Yeah. No, oh, but I know it was done before, so... Yeah. It's, yeah. it's done. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's how life... But at least we got to review my favorite one, so... Yeah, it's good. Yeah. For me, it's just like, I want to review the entire world's catalog of music. Yeah. I just can't do it in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. This might be the punkadiest punk punk on this fucking album. I mean, if you're talking about the short, sweet, come and hit hard, knock you the fuck out with a song and bounce out in like a minute and 20... That's this shit right here. And I think it was important for them to put that shit right here to appease all of the super punk fans and go, hey, look, we can do it too for those of you calling us sellouts. And that's what I took from, like, the decision to make this song. But let let me be clear. It's fucking dope. It is a really good song. Look at the crowd and tell me whether all are surrounded but none are together. If you're awake, look around at all of the people. Still, you're so alone, you know? And then... In the second verse, if I could make a suggestion without sounding preachy or begging to question, melt with your minds, melt with each other, don't be surrounded, don't be so alone. So the whole song and its little, little bittiness is when you don't allow yourself to just become another face lost in a crowd of people. Don't be so like divisive like that. Like, understand everyone else out there, if you connect with them and you kind of meet them and you, you can bond together and you don't have to be so alone. At least that's what I took from it. I thought it was really fucking short, sweet, powerful. It's fast as fuck, aggressive as fuck. Comes in, but again, manages to like say something really powerful in like the song. Like, I know you might feel anxious even if you're surrounded by a lot of people, but just as a thought, try connecting with other people. You know, you don't have to be so alone. I thought it was sweet, so I go to 4.75. I don't have much more to say on it. 
I'd say this song made me think about one thing, and that's Van's Warped Tour. I feel this is a song that appeases that type of crowd. And I feel that this is a good live song for the pace and what it is in regards to punk. Like, I can see a big mosh pit just with people in the circle going off in the song as a punk crowd would. And that's, the, that's why I like punk so much, because you can be in the biggest punk mosh pit, and if you fall down, people will stop and pick you up. Even if, okay, so fun fact, I did go to the Vans Warped Tour 06. Oh, wow. In the Parc Chant de Rapeau in Montreal, and it has this big sandy area in front of the stages. So I had a ring on that the girl at the time I was dating had given me. It was like her ring, and I was being cute and wearing it. And it fell off in the middle of uh, Rise Against. And I kept trying to drop to the ground to like pick up the ring from the sand because I could see it still, and people kept picking me up. And I'm like, as much as I love how amazing this crowd is, I need that ring. I got the ring back. Oh, Life good, good. <laughs> At least a story. But it took three here. fucking tries before the crowd like recognized I was trying to pick something up. Yeah. Or like when we we actually just saw ICP at the same show in that yeah. crowd, my glasses fell off and I had a similar experience trying to get my glasses. People yeah. just don't let you fall in the pit. It's because they don't want you to get hurt. And that's a good thing about yeah. those crowds because of like most people have the implication of if you fall, you're dead. Yeah. But it's so not that situation. And then I love how this song just ends with kill, fuck off, hate, die. Hey, punk. That's what it was. But I'm going to have to give this song, I'd say, 4.25. Actually, 4.5 because I'm a punk fan. This is a punk song. This is a fun song. It's good. All right. A couple more left on the album. And the next one is not the one that's the last one. I don't even know if I'm doing the right rhythm there, but fuck, that's so good. The drums are so good. The fucking everything about that sound is so fucking good. This is a proper fucking sounding song the whole yeah. way through. Fast-paced, aggressive, almost three minutes long. Not quite. Didn't break the three-minute marker. But, yo, it's, it's a cool one, right? Absolutely. Because it's, again, looking at the generational shift. I'm not the one who made the world what it is today. I'm not the one who caused the problem started long ago. But now I deal with all the consequences, the troubles of our time. I carry on and never once have ever even questioned why. And that's interesting, right? Because in a pre-internet world, that's probably a lot more true than it is today. Um, uh, and it's just looking at it like, yo, we've inherited all this shit. We're doing all these things. But, yo, why, why do we live this way? Why are things the way that they are? Everyone loves saying... It's the way that it is. But, like, why? Why are things the way that they are, you know? And then that chorus. Yeah, yeah, I'm innocent, but the weight of the world is on my shoulders. Yeah, yeah, I'm innocent. The battle started or far from over. And I, I think it's kind of looking at it like, are you really innocent if, like, all of this shit's happening and you're just complacently letting things go on, but you're not actively getting involved, you're not learning, you're not doing your shit, you know? We're not the ones who leave the homeless in the streets at night. We're not the ones who kept minorities and women's down. Still, we grow, and then the problems, they become our own. We carry on without even realizing why. That's fascinating, right? I think he just described white privilege. <laughs> Unintentionally. Yeah, but I think he recognized what it was. Oh, that, yeah, he did. Yeah. And, like, he understood that, like, you have a choice here. You can either be involved and try to make change or you're a passive participant who just lets everything go on like that. So I thought that was really fucking cool. Then you got that little outro who questions if the descendants will inherit our mistakes and they'll suffer just the same as we and never wonder why. And you were wrong on this one, Dexter. Your prophecy broke. The internet changed the fucking game. The kids just skip school for climate change to shame politicians, dog. They are not accepting it because, well, it's pretty fucking... 
if we don't if we, if we keep accepting it we die and that's what they're seeing so like on a bright side on this one song your prophecy is a little bit less what it was because people highly underestimate the young kids not the 19 20 year olds i'm saying like the 15 year olds like the ones that are just tired of that shit man because we make a lot of preconceptions on the youth based on university kids that's not the youth those are adults we should treat them like adults and stop calling them kids Nah, the kid kids are fucking dope that's what i'm trying to say yeah this is a good song, though, I feel. Um, but like he, like you said, I feel that he was wrong about this, that that's a good thing in a way that there has been positive change in the world. And so you can say it, you can take it positive, but it can be taken different ways. But I'd say in regards to the fact that there was a change that was made, in a way, it is a good thing because it's showing that things can be going not the same way always. And you do need change. But this is a good song, I feel... Uh, I'm going to give it, actually, I'm going to give it a 4.25. I'm giving it a 4.5. Like, as far as the sound goes, it's right out there. Like, this this will never come on, and I'm going to feel like this song's bad. Every time this song comes on, I'm going to be like, all right. But that's pretty much every song it. on the album, I feel. <laughs> Mo- Honestly, I wasn't going to get there, but yeah, most of the songs on this album are giving me a feeling of, like, yeah, I could live with this and not listen to other music because Smash is that good. It's that good of an album. Like, it's that good. I mean, to me, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying there aren't better acts. I'm not saying there aren't more talented people. I'm saying this shit is the right balance of pop and punk to make, like, a really raw fucking sound. Yeah, I feel that this album in general can appease to a multiple type of uh, audience. It can grab different genres of people. And that's a great thing about it. Even though we haven't finished uh, going over this great album, there's still uh, there's a little still, more. There's still that song where we have to talk about not being a trendy asshole. So why don't we smash that shit? Damn, this song has some fucking power to it. Um, I mean, let's just jump to that chorus. I'm not a trendy asshole. I do what I want. I do what I feel like. I'm not a trendy asshole. I don't give a fuck if it's good enough for you because I'm alive. I didn't know it, but that's a good way to describe my life. Now, I don't really like wearing a lot of name brand shits because I find it makes you trendy. I don't like wearing fancy shit because I find it makes you trendy. <clears throat> I don't even like cutting my hair because I find it makes you trendy. I, I like I'm I'm not I'm using fashion examples a lot, but like I look around and I see a lot of trendy assholes who judge me because I'm not trendy enough. So for me, it's like, okay, those people are trendy assholes. But when I hear this song, it's like I try to live my life like this, you know? I try to be me. Just do me. Yeah. And if you don't like it, well, a lot of people don't like me these days. That's <laughs> fine. But I'm alive. And I'm living a life that I can sleep at night living. And to me, that's fucking important, you know? And I think it's so cool. Like, head over heels, I fit in before. Now I don't want to do it no more. I just want to be who I want to be. Guess that's hard for others to see. And I tried it, man. I've tried to do the conformity thing. I've tried to play ball. I've tried to be that person, work, or whoever wants you to be. It's just I can't do it. But other people do it. So they find it hard to accept that not everyone can do it proper. Overall, I mean, this song is what it is. It's it's basically a non-conformity anthem that was sang out by a lot of people in a large enough number that it's kind of ironic to probably have 10,000 people screaming out, I'm not a trendy asshole in unison. That's kind of trendy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. irony aside, damn, this is, this, is, this is a fucking song and a half, man. 
Like it just, it's proper. It's really strong. Well, literally because of what happens after. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then, yeah. Um, so you hear um, Mr. Non-Famous John Mayer come back and go, there, I hope you enjoyed our time together. You know, it seems harder and harder to sit back and enjoy the finer things in life. Well, till next time. Ta-ta. Then you have a little reprise, some little guitar-y thing. Um, and then about eight minutes of silence and then you get uh, alternate versions of the yeah. and comes out and you get the good old-fashioned silent for a while so i let it play the first time because i was whatever i didn't have a lot going on in that moment i was reviewing so i wanted to know the experience of sitting there listening to the silence and then you it's long enough that even though you know something's coming you just forget and you just and then it kicks in and you're like oh yeah that's like every that's what I was waiting for <laughs> but, but you like forget that you're waiting for it even though you are actively waiting for right. it but this song is automatically I know I pretty much I think you have the same opinion as me it's in regards five. to five yeah it's so that's good like, give this one a fucking five point uh, five on five and just an amazing song like it's like you said in regards to you differently I cut my hair and get my beard trimmed because if my girlfriend appreciates that more so that's why I do it but in regards to name brand stuff I don't like to wear a name brand like yes I'm wearing this that's actually he has the Eagles he's a sports Eagles. fan yeah. it's different yeah it's different I'm just repping my team see I but... just have this scruffy ass fucking look going on <laughs> yeah well plus it was my sister's uh, birthday yesterday so I had to look good for that event especially since my girlfriend was going to be there but uh, I don't like to wear like na like name brand clothing like if I'm wearing a suit or like a dress shirt I don't want like if the name brand is there I don't want the name brand to be showing you know what I did I bought a pair of black running shoes at Winners Winners is like you get nice brands at cheaper prices and it's just close to work so I bought you a pair of shoes you need to look that's it you just need time to look and I went and bought it I just thought they were regular black shoes and then lo and behold they're fucking like Armani or some bullshit like just some fucking or Ralph Lauren or Polo or one of these motherfuckers obviously the cheaper end of the shoe I think I'm, I think I'm, I still have to wear them because they're active and I'm not going to waste my money but I feel so embarrassed walking around with this like fashion brand I think it's polo actually with the little horse yeah. on it especially someone who doesn't like to advertise what they wear yeah now I'm like fuck I got, and then I just don't want people to like look at my shoe and think I'm a polo wearing motherfucker but yeah. I am because I'm literally wearing those polo shoes, which I bought by accident because and you bought without looking at the name. I didn't give a shit. Yeah, I just they were shoes, shoes that you liked. I like black shoes and I like a certain style. And then I noticed they were polo after. It does not mean he's a trendy asshole. I am <laughs> no, I'm just an asshole. <laughs> like, yeah, not, but I'm just <laughs> yeah, just an amazing song, especially that it had to be with the title, the title of the album. So I just find this a great song. The outro, it is, eh? yeah, it's the title track. Yeah, it's the title track. So I just find it was an awesome one. It had to be, especially considering how awesome the album was. The outro, I feel like, just showing you we're still here. And then the ultra outro was just pretty much letting you know, all right, have fun. We're just gonna have a little more fun with you to close this off. Just let you know you didn't wait for nothing. There's something still here. Yeah, and I guess that's it then. That's the end of the Smash experience. For this album, I gave it a 4.657 because I do math and I average and Excel gives me an exact number. So later on, it'll be a difference of like 0 .00 for some people, of which I like more. Still, this album is a fucking classic. Timeless, amazing. I mean, I'm a little biased to the sound because like it to me is one of the most incredible sounds in music and I think Offspring are some of the absolute best at this particular sound especially in their 90s efforts because I also like H&A and I like pretty much most of what I Americana heard Americana was still 90s so 
Yeah, it was a little less 90s. Yeah. A little bit less. Um, but still, like, having listened to Smash here, I think I'm sold. This is one of the greatest albums I've heard of that sounds of this genre. I, I know there might be better ones out there, said as I've heard. Whereas Americana had a couple of songs, like, let's be real. Hey, Walla, I'll see you in a Walla, Walla. That one I like, She's Not Issues, uh, She's Got Issues, I wasn't crazy about. But, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it felt like there was a little bit too much. Smash is this consistent yeah. experience where it just blows me out of the water and it's super insightful and it's super, like, really cool. It's like, like, I don't know. It's just an incredible experience. And I don't know if it would be like my gateway offspring. I think I would layer it. I'd let you listen to Americana. I'd let you then listen to Ixnay. And then I'd say you thought that was good and I'd drop Smash on you. It's like I would do that. Like It's like for Dre, I would show somebody Chronic, then Chronic 2001, even though Chronic 2001 is a better one. But in my view, uh, but I'm going to say in regards to this, I'm going to do a different mathematics term in regards to how much I appreciate this album. I'm giving it five, five on five. It is one of my favorite albums. Like if you're going to ask me anytime, like about offspring, I'm going to say, yeah, offspring smash just really keeps me going. And I'm jealous that when, cause I live in Montreal as Holden and there's uh, an event here called the uh, heavy MTL or heavy Montreal as it used to be, and Offspring were doing Smash one year. Oh, I remember that. And I missed it due to money at that point, but, oh, God, my everyone that was there told me it was an awesome show, but I'm just glad I got to see them at an event called Montebello Rockfest, and they got to do Ixay on the Ombre and Americana both times, which were both awesome albums, but this one is my favorite one, personally. That's why I'm giving it five on five, because it doesn't matter what mood I'm in, I could always just listen to this album and know that I'm going to be entertained. And, like, it always makes me feel like when I hear that song, um, What Happened to You, it just makes me, like, stop because it's a fun song. But when I'm hearing What Happened to You, it just makes me think about the actual, okay, let me start listening to the lyrics now. And that's what I feel about this album. Like, it's fun whether you listen to the lyrics or not. You will enjoy yourself. Absolutely. I don't know, man. It's just... I couldn't recommend it enough. If, if Especially if you've never heard it before. If you happen to be somebody, just check it out. It's fucking cool. Um, thank you all for watching. Totally appreciate you being here with us and checking out this video. Uh, feel free to leave a comment and join the discussion. And if you do, I'll answer you in that comment section. We can have a little chit-chat and all of that good shit. I'd love to hear all of your experiences. And I'd love to hear everything we got wrong that you feel the need to correct us on. And I don't say that patronizingly. I say it sincerely because then we get smarter and better. And that's real important to me. Special thanks to our patrons, Ismail Gadamsi, Super Old School 1994, Carl J, Chris Prado, Linda Williams, and Jonathan Barnes. It's a lot of names now, and we'll keep doing it. Let's hope it grows secretly. I hope it grows quicker. Um, but, yo, they support what we do. They helped us get a new camera. They really are amazing people. They also get to uh, force our hands and do album reviews. So... Um, every couple of weeks, the patrons pick something and we just review it. And that's just uh, the rule. So if you have some album that nobody ever wants to talk about, that's a good move. You can make us talk about it. And then you'll get like a good hour-ish plus video on your album that you nobody else wants to talk about. You'll also get access to content early and all sorts of other shit once we grow and I figure that out. And otherwise, you can smash that subscribe button like Jake Paul and them say. It seems like an appropriate time to Definitely. smash that subscribe button. Smash the like button. Smash the comment sections. Smash the Twitters. Uh, Mike has a thing on Facebook. Yeah, STS, if you guys are fans of uh, 
wrestling, movies, MMA. We do quick breakdowns for that. Uh, small little page called STS on Facebook. You can look it up. It's just pretty much live you, you videos. You really got to look for Shoot the Shit because yeah. you'll find it faster than STS. Yeah, STS Shoot the Shit. Just look it up. It's <laughs> me and my boy Lance JS Daniel. Uh, shout out to him. And just look us up. And if you guys are I fans of that, smash the like button on that facebook page Come follow on, us man how yeah. often are we ever gonna get to say smash like yeah. this so many times because smash is used for another term nowadays so smash that like and then and follow button find your girl and smash anyway thank you all for watching it totally means the world have yourself a great week we'll be back with more shit soon peace